episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. I'm your host, Jason Powers, down here in Tampa, Florida. We got Michael Banks on the line tonight up in Birmingham. How you doing, Mike? Doing well, watching your Rays right now on uh, on the mothership, trying to close yes, out another Rays. Keep... Yes, keep we, yes, we keep winning in the wild card. We're, it, it's unbelievable when you think about it that there's going to be three teams with probably 95 wins, and, and one of them ain't going to make the playoffs. Well, and, them, Cleveland, and Oakland, and and really for all intents and purposes, two of them aren't going to make the playoffs because I don't. I know the wild card game is technically the playoffs, but you know. It's to me. It's just another tie. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, yeah. So it's crazy how how top heavy the American League is, and how how pitiful the bottom of the American League is, just from top to bottom. And yeah, it's just it's it's, it, it, it's yeah, it's pitiful. But yeah, because the uh, these three teams have been have. I mean, they closed the Red Sox out like you know last week, and so it's really yeah. just been these three teams and the three division leaders for the last two weeks of the season a month so. basically basically a month yeah yeah the red sox I mean, were but, were uh, still officially there but they were they were really done though yeah yeah they, they were they were in the grave in uh in, in mid-august in my opinion but but yeah especially after they give dombrowski the keys after the sunday night game with the yankees right after was i was there. out in, in yes i what wasn't that the night you were there I was the next night. We were, we were right, actually to the Patriots game because he was yeah, the Patriots we, game. We were in. It was funny. We were in Penn. We were in Fenway when, um, when Antonio Brown was signed, and then we were leaving Gillette when Dombrowski was let go. So it was. It was we were on the train when Dombrowski. When I got the text there, the notification that Dombrowski was was gone. So it was kind of funny because. In both situations, we heard a lot of, you know, obviously the Boston fans, the the word started spreading quickly, and it, it was uh, it was it was kind of, you know, neat and, and uh, inter- interesting to be around, kind of to hear the uh, Boston fans start grumbling and, you know, uh, reacting to the news on both on both for both both situations. Yeah. So that's, yeah, interesting. We're gonna we're gonna get into some we're gonna get into the playoff talk here at the, towards the end of the podcast. But uh, to give everybody an update on my uh, had my, had my knee surgery. Effort to to get back on the field on Friday night. This coming up Friday night, twenty seventh. Got a, just bought a big just bought a little knee. Been been rehabbing pretty pretty hard the last two and a half two weeks or so. Went for a little swim today for the first. Was able to get in the pool today for the first time in three weeks. So had my had my uh, the meniscus tear. Uh, so we're trying to get back on the field for the last five weeks of the high school season and hopefully some playoff games. And so we'll see how it goes. And uh, just got me a just went to Dick Sporting Goods and got me a, a, some reinforcements and a in a in a knee brace. So feeling pretty good. But uh, you know until you get back out there and have to jog around a little bit, you never know how it's going to go. But I think it's going to go okay, and like I said, I've been a uh, big shout-out to Dr. David Leffers over at USF for uh, performing the surgery and taking good care of me and all. So uh, pewter, on the, pewter on the mend with the knee surgery, <laughs> arthroscopic, Levante David style, and uh, shout-out to my buddy, and you know, Mike, you know Ray. Big Ray had a uh, big Ray had a little uh, landscaping accident in his house, and 
he hurt his knee apparently, and apparently he tore his MCL. So shout out to Big Ray and uh, Speedy Recovery. Who was over there at Hoover? So um, that was that's breaking news in the last 24 hours for Big Ray. So if you see Big Ray, if you see Big Ray rolling around Jim and Nick's or Costco over there in Hoover, give him a give him a little. It'll be and trust me, it'll be in the it'll be in the reviews tomorrow. It'll be in the in the MCFL reviews. I'm surprised Schefter has not reported that yet on ESPN. Yes, yes. I mean, it's, it's not been quite, it's not been confirmed with Schefter yet. But watch, watch, get up in the morning with Greenberg and company, and you'll 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 see, you'll hear Schefter with the confirmation. <laughs> and, and and we and we really and we we we'd be remiss if we really didn't say we really hope Jalen Ramsey gets better from his flu incident and his uh, sore back. Well, it's, a, it's a shame that he's missing practice, and we, we really want him to recover. Well, especially with the, uh, you know, uh, also having a child at the, yes. at the same time, too. Yeah, we, w- we don't want to strain his obliques as he's picking up child number two coming into the world in the hospital here. So, so we really hope speedy recovery for one Jalen Ramsey. Treacherous flu incident he got. He just all of a sudden got over the weekend and then back spasm. So. So, <laughs> what a clown he is! Yes, he is. I, I'm, I'm, I mean, well, I'm surprised. I'm, I mean, I'm shocked that Coughlin hasn't just de- peddled him for as much as they can get for him, you know. And I know he's valuable and he's a great player, but come on, man. I don't think he's worth. I don't think he's worth all of this. Your boy Dougie Marone laughing at the press conference, giggling, smiling, knowing what a farce this is, and all that stuff. So. Oh boy, and I hate to say it, he's a Florida State guy too. So I got to, re- so it, it pains me to have to give him some grief. But he 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 deserves every bit of it right at this point. All right, so we're gonna get into some college football tonight. We're gonna talk some. Uh, there were some very interesting games last week. Some hot seats. Your boy Jim Harbaugh is gonna be on the hot seat here real soon. Big wins in Auburn, Georgia. Can we can we shut up with all the UCF talk now, please? It's that that's going to be over with, and the miraculous <laughs> and the miraculous comeback out on the late night on the, uh, the with Emmanuel after dark late night action in the Pac-12 last week. <laughs> People flipping between Skinamax and ESPN for the late night action. Yeah, I we're going to. Yeah, that was that was cool. that was something else. I can't wait to talk more about that. And we're going to preview some couple of the games this week. There's a couple pretty good games uh, this week. Not a great slate of college games, to be honest. There's there's only really two good games that I saw, um, you know, that are that are any kind of marquee names. So we'll talk about those couple games. We'll get to the NFL. We'll talk about the three the undefeated teams and the winless teams. A lot of young QBs are playing now in the league. A lot of backups. You got the Daniel Jones era underway. Kyle Allen, Minshew. So we'll, we'll, do a little analysis on those guys. We'll talk about your boy, Hot Freddy Kitchens. Hot press conferences, hot play calling. Looks like a slob at, at the at the microphone, and we'll, we'll get into <laughs> Freddy <laughs> and his uh, disaster developing in Cleveland. We'll talk about my, bo- my boy, Bruce Arians, deciding to take a delay a game to make things better for our kicker. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then we'll make some we'll make some game picks for you here. We'll pick some college games in, in the NFL slate, and then we'll wrap up with again. We'll talk a little. We'll, we'll dive into the into the baseball playoff scenarios, 
uh, Yankees, Houston, Dodgers, Braves, and the wild card teams and all that stuff. So, all right, Mike, let's first talk. I want to talk first about the Michigan Wolverines getting smacked up in Madison. Harbaugh looks like it's a disaster developing. They brought in the, the Alabama receivers coach to be the new OC to run the spread. They just look like completely lost. The defense isn't nearly as good as it was. Your thoughts? Uh, well, as a as the son of a Michigan fan that was born and raised in Michigan and lives in Michigan, I can tell you um, the seat is getting very warm up there for Jimmy Harbaugh. I, I'm, <clears throat> I mean – you know the 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 close the close game with Army is one thing. You uh, you know you, you'll have those things. Oklahoma had a close game with Army that they, they were taking overtime last year, but they didn't go and get thumped by anybody uh, for the rest of the year. And so Michigan is just I, I really I really don't know where I don't know where they go with this. I mean they they said Harbaugh is welcome there as long as he wants you know lifetime, but. I just don't know if he is equipped for the college game. I, I, I don't, I, I just don't know. I mean, but if he were to leave or get fired or whatever happens, I mean, he could possibly go down as a guy that never won the big 10, never beat Ohio state. I mean, it, it's really bad. It's really, really bad. I mean, to think that the, that the Michigan fans were so unhappy with the Brady hoax of the world. And right now Brady hope looks like a guy that, you know, at least was competent enough that he beat Ohio State once. So, um, I, I mean, I think I think with Harbaugh, I don't think it's that they lost the game; it's just how they got manhandled. I mean, right. if they'd have yeah, lost a close game, yeah, it could, people would you know they'd be upset, but they wouldn't be outraged like they are. I just think you know Shea Patterson's not; a, it doesn't seem like he's a he's the answer at quarterback. You know, they got Dylan McCaffrey, who's uh, Christian McCaffrey's younger brother. By the way, did you see him get rocked when he went? He ran. And he got – I can't believe he didn't get his neck broke. I mean, he got crushed on a on a cheat, on a penalty. It was a, I mean, it was a targeting call, but he got crushed. I, I did not see I, – I, oh. uh, I was I was working at the at uh, Legion Field on Saturday. <laughs> oh, hot Legion Field. You, South – the Jaguars were in town, huh? Yeah, they were not so hot. <laughs> My boy Mark Hughes still works down at South Alabama with football. Oh, okay. Remember you? You remember Mark Hughes from I do. UAB? I do. Yep. Oh, Marky Mark. Not been down there probably ten or eleven years now down in South Alabama. But, but yeah, just I mean, very. I mean, and the and the scary part is they still have Michigan. Still has Michigan State to deal with. They got to play Ohio State. If they lose to Michigan State and Ohio State, I. I mean, there, there. He may not get fired, but it may be a. I'm going to go back to the NFL kind of situation. Um, you know, Miami is not a possibility with Harbaugh because they've tried. Stephen Ross has tried to get him a couple times in Miami, and if they if Miami goes 0 and 16, 1 and 15, they could easily blow out Flores. Miami would have the number one pick. That would be appealing to Harbaugh having the number one pick, picking a quarterback, that kind of thing. Um, you know, I could see Harbaugh potentially going to a place like Pittsburgh if they were to make a move. You know, a, you know, a team that's kind of close to ready to win kind of deal. But uh, if it goes ugly here in Ann Arbor this year, it would not shock me to see Jim Harbaugh back in the NFL. 
No, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, I, I <clears throat> like I said, you can't lose to Ohio State that many times. And, and we discussed this um, earlier, I think, you know, before the season started. I think we talked about this very thing. And I said, you know, Alabama-Auburn, if you have a coach that's lost uh, the other one five, seven, five, six, seven times in a row and they've never beaten them, they're not there. It just doesn't, it doesn't happen. It doesn't work that way here. And that's supposed to be just as intense of a rivalry as, as this one is down here with Alabama and Auburn. So I, I just, I don't see him, I don't see him hanging around either. And the thing is Harbaugh is having a, Harbaugh's had a tough time recruiting the elite players on offense. I mean, they've had a good defense. But he's had a hard time getting the five, the four or five star wide receiver, quarterback kind of, you know, you know, those kind of guys that if you're going to run this spread offense. You got to have some, you got to have some high high level skill skill guys, and they just don't have. I mean, in the quarterbacks, especially, they just don't have the great quarterback and and, and the skill guys to be, you know, ultra competitive with the Ohio State and the, and Wisconsin just ran it down their throat. Wisconsin's going to play the way Wisconsin plays, but uh, just. Very alarming coming out of Ann Arbor. Tom, All right. Brady, Tom Brady is not walking through that door. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, is Drew Henson available, or is he still playing minor league baseball somewhere? I think he still has a year of eligibility left. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go down to your neck of the woods. Probably probably the most impressive win of the, of the weekend was Auburn going to Texas A&M and, and, and really dominating the game. They played very well. The defense is 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 legit. They're, I mean, they're you know that about it. They weren't great on offense as far as throwing the ball, but they were very consistent running the ball. Some pretty good play calling by Malzahn. Very impressive win by Auburn. I, I will say, not very impressed with Texas A&M, especially offensively. Kellen Mond, just he to me, he's overrated. Uh, <laughs> You know, misses guys, and I'm not very. You know, the the, the scheme and the play calling hasn't seemed to be very good when Jimbo's had a been in a big game either. So, very Auburn win of, win of the week for sure in my book. I, I agree. I, I think that I don't think anybody really expected that. I thought everybody thought Texas A&M had kind of taken that next step and was ready to to you know kind of challenge Alabama and LSU in the West and. Everybody kind of wrote Auburn off, including me. I really didn't. I've been more worried as an Alabama fan about A&M than I have worried about Auburn. But after this game, I don't feel so nervous about going to College Station as an Alabama fan. If Auburn can go in and do that, like you said, without throwing the ball hardly at all, what do you have, like 100 yards passing? And um, I, I, have, I, I have no doubt that the Alabama offense can go in and do it. And after seeing what I, what yeah, I yeah. You know, saw from Mond, like you said, overrated is definitely the term I would use. He's just not, not that good. And I, I think that, I think that everybody thought Jimbo would have them further along, especially at the quarterback position um, by now. But it's it's just not working out that way. But yeah, Auburn definitely looks good. I I, I, I would go ahead and circle that date on the twenty sixth of October, about a month from now. Auburn at LSU. That could be uh, two undefeated teams facing each other. And uh, would be it'd be really interesting uh, to see to watch that game if, if it is an undefeated uh, two undefeated teams playing. I mean Auburn Auburn goes to Florida in two weeks. That's going to be a showdown. Yeah, With Florida. We're going to talk. Florida's got a new quarterback. I mean that guy, the, the kid that, that replaced Felipe Franks, has come in and played very well. 
He's, uh, you know, the guy's interesting backstory about him. He's not – yet last week was the first game he'd started in seven years. Didn't start in high school with – was a backup in high school. Didn't start – Yeah, didn't – yep, didn't start – he was behind a Division One quarterback. He he was behind the guy who's playing quarterback at Houston now. That uh, But but point is, he hadn't started a game in seven years. Sat behind sat, – he's been at Florida like three years now and didn't start. So – but he's come in and played he, – he rescued – he saved the day at Kentucky – playing very well he played very well last week against Tennessee they like him man he he, he hits the open guy he, he you know he's not the most athletically gifted guy but he he hits the open guy he's he's cool under pressure in the pocket whereas Felipe Franks was all over the place very inaccurate uh this guy Trask is uh, gonna be a gonna be a player for them and Florida's got a really good defense as well yeah it should be an interesting game in a couple of weeks and if Auburn could get past that yeah, Auburn's got a heck of a schedule they go to Florida, they go to LSU, they get Georgia and Alabama. Uh, those are just yeah. four of the games they have in the next two months. So um, if they can get through all that with a freshman quarterback, then you know more power to them. But, uh, I mean, if Auburn gets through that schedule with one loss, they're, they're going to be in serious contention either way unless they just get blown out in whatever the game they – if they were to lose a game. But right. if, they, if they, they lose only one game very competitively to either LSU, Georgia, or Alabama – they're going to be right there in the in the mix as far as when the when the playoff committee starts putting out their rankings because their wins are they've got great they'll have great wins on their schedule. Yeah, definitely with Oregon and uh, and Texas A and M already. Yep. So all right, let's go to uh, between the hedges. Probably the, the the as far as close finish and all that. Probably definitely the game of the week. Notre Dame Georgia. Notre Dame played very well for a half. Georgia played very well in the third quarter, early fourth. And then Notre Dame made a made a big run late, had the ball with a chance to win the game in the last minute. So I think you got to give Notre Dame credit. They played very well defensively. They uh, they did enough on offense to, to you know to be in the game for sure. And again, had the ball at the end to win. Georgia escapes, wins by six between the hedges. Saturday night, CBS, Nestler, Danielson. Uh, so just interesting, just a very very. It was a very entertaining game to watch. Had to have been impressed with Notre Dame. Yeah, and don't forget the third member of their crew, Jamie Erdahl with The Rock. Um, but yeah, yeah, she's pregnant. She just had a child. Yes. Um, Over the summer, she had a child. But no, definitely. She's uh, not back in, she, doesn't look like, she doesn't look like she's fully back in game shape yet, but she's getting there. She's close. She's, she's closing in on it. Um, but no, that was, that was an entertaining game to watch. I, I, after, I, after I worked the UAB game, came home and that was, um, you know, first game that was going on the TV and we were, um, the wife wanted to watch something else that, or, or watch a movie. I was like, hey, hey, Notre Dame and George is playing. This is something we're, we're watching. So, and it, and it lived up to it. I thought Notre Dame, it really exposed the middle. They, their tight end was killing Georgia in the first half. And um, Georgia made some really good adjustments late second quarter. And in the second half to that, it uh, looked like they kind of wore Notre Dame down in the late, in the third quarter and the early fourth, and Notre Dame then kind of got there, uh, got it back going again. But um, but you know Georgia's a top three team, so um, Notre Dame definitely, For sure. uh, you know that that's a tough place to play in the heat. You're not used to that up in South Bend. You're not used to the humidity at night like it is in in Athens at this time of year, especially this year of all years. So um, 
I, I was impressed with Notre Dame. I was I was impressed with Georgia too, though, because they really they really looked bad in the first half. They looked really bad, and um, and and they were they were able to keep it together and and come out and do what yep. they needed to do to win. So I was impressed with both teams. The big question is the big question is was our boy the Dickman Panoche was he in attendance? He was. I sent him a text and he, said, uh, you know, because this was the biggest game really that's come to Athens probably since Alabama came in, in uh, you know, for the blackout game. Blackout. Yeah. Blackout. <laughs> and uh, I just said, uh, is the uh, is there a game in Georgia tonight or something? Something going on in Athens? Um, getting around with him, but um, he was he was there. I, I believe they have season tickets to the Bulldogs. So. Um, so yeah, shout out to the Dickman Panoche, who I get to see in fantasy football this this Sunday in the TTFFL. Big divisional battle battle for uh for second place here right now. Yes. Pewter Pewter is on a, a on a forbidden two game losing streak after he loses a one point uh, barn burner two weeks ago and then gets uh gets uh, hoodwinked by Keenan Allen last week by the Buzz, but bunch awesome. of bullshit. Bunch of bullshit, in my opinion. Just a bunch. Austin Hooper as well. Austin Hooper with a with an Indianapolis Cimarella. <laughs> I mean, are you are you effing kidding me? The buzz? Are you kidding me? Yes. Give me one. Give me one second. I'm gonna look at something here. Give me one second here. Well, not only that, you have uh, you've doubled your loss total from last year. So. I know. Yeah. Hell, I, I don't. You don't need to tell me that shit. No. No Cinderella story this year with uh, going undefeated. The the Titans though trying to trying to make it two out of three. Yes, Keenan Allen's thirty two points. Austin uh, Hooper's yeah, eighteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Hooper. Yeah, Mister. Yeah, hanging with Mister Hooper. I mean, are you? Are you uh, yeah. I mean, and I, and I get, I get. I mean, I got Chris Carson coughing it up like he's. Like he, like he has, he has donut arms. I got, I mean, I mean, come on, man. But it, it's all right. I got to keep it interesting for you guys. If I, if I run the table two years in a row, I mean, it's just going to be. You guys are going to think that I just cheat. You guys already don't want to make trades with me. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you guys are just, and you're, you're not helping things either with your, with your allegations and your review write-ups about me. I mean, allegations. <laughs> 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 Yeah, this guy, don't make a trade with this. I mean, you really, you're starting to sound like the Trump administration here when you when you keep all this uh, all this yeah. propaganda going. Hey, all I, about, said was, all I said was be careful and be, be aware of your surroundings. That's all I said. <laughs> I mean, can you just keep your mouth shut, please? I haven't said anything this year. This is, hey, reputations are known. That's yeah, you did. Yes, two, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, you made a very disparaging comment in the write-ups about me, about how other owners should not make trades with me. I did not. I did nothing of the such. Yeah, sure you did. Okay. All right. So Notre Dame. I think if Notre Dame can win the rest of their games, they're going to be in the playoff. They still got Michigan, USC, Stanford. If they if they run the table with a six point loss in Athens, they're going to be in the playoff. I think. I think that's. I think they're a team to look out for. And they still got a couple roadblocks, but if they run the table, I think Notre Dame's in. Um, you know, now whether they, I, 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 I truly believe that, and I think I think this could be the year that the SEC gets two teams in because you could have a scenario 
getting towards the end of the year where Auburn, Georgia, LSU, and Alabama could all be undefeated late October going into that, you know, going to that Auburn, Georgia game. Um, you know, so that. October and then, then so I, this this could be the year you get two out of the SEC again a Notre Dame could run the table and you're gonna then you have a Clemson so very interesting uh scheduling coming up here in just a little bit here as we get towards the uh meat of the college football season all right I know I've been harping on this for a little bit it's time for UCF to shut the hell up okay? <laughs> yeah 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 you they first of all over the summer down here in Florida, the Gators offered to play them a two-for-one series, and UCF said, hell no, we're only going to play you if it's a one-and-one. One at your place, one at our place. Well, Florida said, hit the road, good luck with that. Um, you know, UCF's been running their mouth, been very chesty the last two years. We deserve to be in. We deserve this. We deserve that. And then you blow a 10-point double-digit lead at Pitt Saturday, lose 35-34 on the, on the Pitt special. And time to shut the hell up, Josh Heupel and the USF, UCF Knights. I am, uh, as an Alabama fan, I had to hear that nonsense after the uh, after they beat an Auburn team that was half interested in the uh, Peach Bowl two years ago. I'm completely on board with that, and I second that emotion. <laughs> yeah, so please, please shut your mouth. You better start playing people on the road if you want to if you want to get some national respect. And this, well, we're only going to do if it's a one and one. Well, look what Florida State did back in the '80s. They played anybody, anywhere on the road, all over the country. They won those games. That's how they got the national respect that they got because that's how that that's how you have to do it. Boise State, yeah, wins this year. They played Georgia. They played big heavyweight teams. They don't. You don't see Georgia going to Boise. You don't see uh, Florida State going to Boise anytime soon, if ever. So play the big teams if you're Central Florida. Beat them, then you earn the respect. Go to Gainesville and beat Florida. All right. Last thing we'll talk on the college circuit. After dark, West Coast style. Anthony Becht, Beth Moen special, ESPN. Ugh. 12.30 at night, I go to bed, and it's Washington State has just scored to go up 49-17. Lights out in Dixie. I wake up in the morning. I see an alert on my phone, and I see final score 67-63 UCLA. <laughs> no overtime. No overtime. This didn't go to tri- This didn't go to triple overtime. Ten touchdowns are scored in the last 18 minutes of that game. Seven by UCLA, three by Washington State. Unbelievable. Did you watch any of the last 18 minutes of that game, Mike? I, I did not. I, I wanted to watch. I love watching the Pac-12 late-night Saturday games, but I can't handle the Beth Moen's Anthony Beck special. And so I said, the heck with this. I'm going to bed. I, I, I can't handle this. And just like you, I wake up and I see the notification, and I'm like, Nine touchdowns by guy that and by the quarterback for Wazoo, and they lose the game. Like, what, what is going yeah. on here? No defense at all. But thirty-two down in the third quarter is is crazy. I mean that that's crazy. And like you said, 
67-63 and no overtime. I, it's just it's, I, I wish I would have stayed up for it now. I don't know if I could have got through it with, with that with that on the call, but um I, but wow, it, that would have been something else to watch, I'm sure. And and I can't imagine the bookmakers because I'm pretty sure Wazoo was a heavy yeah. favorite in that one. Oh yeah, at least double di- probably double digits because you remember you Chip Kelly and UCLA came into that game winless, zero and three. Yeah, and Wazoo was like nineteen. Right. I mean, yeah. Mike. Lee, I mean, Mike. Yeah. I mean, the, the guy threw nine, like I said, threw nine touchdowns. Or, I mean, just or, a just a ga- gashing UCLA. I would have I mean, wasn't even. I, I would have loved crazy. to be in Vegas though, when the second half bets came in, and seen the action on the second half I, I i can imagine that 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 the that the that the uh, sports books were absolutely crazy I, I was there for march madness this year and i'm telling you when something like that is going on those places are bananas it is so fun to be around i would have loved to have seen what that place those places were like in that second half because who would have had the over under in that in that game for the second half when it's 49 Whatever it was, you know, forty something to whatever the halftime score was. Yeah, that is definitely a uh, Scott Van, Van Pelt special bad beat. Yes, when sir. you uh, are going to bed after dark at twelve thirty on the East Coast, and you're up forty nine seventeen, you've already cashed the ticket. Yeah. And you wake up to it to a, uh, a a nuclear bomb that's going off in your between your in your keister. Yeah. Scratch. Heading in. Heading into the Sunday action, NFL slate, you've yeah, got a keister that's just a bomb just gone off in your keister and you're bleeding profusely. Go ahead and rip that ticket up and put the X on the sheet. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So before we get to the couple games on the schedule this week, I want to talk about I gotta give you a little a little tidbit that I'm sure you you probably heard this stat at some point in the last week or so. In the last eleven years, the team that's missed more kicks in the country is who, Mike? <laughs> Alabama. Your Alabama Crimson Tide have missed more field goal extra points than any other team in the country in the last, I think it's 11 or 12 years, whatever it's been. But incredible to think that a team with that dominant, that much dominance from head to toe throughout that program has had the worst kicking situation in the country the last 10, 11 years. And lots of misses so far this year out of your boy Willie Reichert from Hoover U. (laughs) Well, he is he is hurt right now, but um, it, I allegedly, say, no, he is he he hurt on the kickoff. Uh, what's what's yeah? You crazy? know what? By the way, you know you you know why he's hurt, and this is in all seriousness. He's hurt because they have him doing punting, field goals, and kicking off. Yeah, and that's that's not good when you're that that again. That's another again a decision that should not have been made. I'm so very surprised they they decided to do that. Because that's going to lead to injury. Well, and I can tell you this: as far as <clears throat> I, I watch, I watched the kid in high school for three years. He's a good kicker; he really is. Um, but I, I did, I, I do believe that that not being able to focus on place kicking and worrying about the punting is is affecting him um, when he's when he try to kick field goals. And and yes, it is one of the reasons for injury. But what's crazy about that stat is. And now, granted, they got bailed out in the national championship game two years ago, but that the kicking has yet to cost them a game. Like any, I mean, 
maybe LSU in 2011 is the last game I can think of where it really cost them, you know, because their their defense either is playing so well, their offense has scored so many points. So that's what's even crazier to think about that. You can really only think back to one game where it really was so apparent that it, that it you know, had an impact on the outcome of the game. Well, I, I think the 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 impact is is hidden because there's, I guarantee you, there's been times when he's probably gone for it on fourth down when he didn't want to go for it. You know, yeah. even in the Clemson game last year in the in the playoff, you know, he missed that early field goal, and then he ended up, you know, he ended up kicking a field goal when he sh- and they ran that fake field goal if you recall yeah, in the championship game that was that was a disaster. That was I guarantee you was a, was a reflection of hey we don't have confidence in the kicker. So, you know, it's not been – there's not been any, any – not many tangible where you can for sure notice it, but there's been other decisions because of the kicking game that have caused them to go for it when they wouldn't normally or do, or, or do other things that they normally wouldn't have done if the kicking game was reliable. No, I agree. I agree. So, just an interesting tidbit. So, uh, again, my, Nick, my services are available. I can be there on a Southwest flight. I can be at practice. I'm, I'm not. I'm not joking. I've reached out to them multiple times when I was in Birmingham. You know, you, Linda, the secretary, Linda, Nick's secretary, Linda, just gives me the. Oh, we'll, we'll let you know if we if, if there's a need. We'll, we'll we'll get in touch. Okay. Well, yeah. There, there's a need, and I'm available, and I'll be the I'll be the best investment that guy ever makes. So, all right. Here we go. And and by the way, I did see Riker kick when he was like in the ninth grade. I've refereed a couple of his ninth grade games, and he's got some ability, but so did Cade Foster, so did Adam Griffith, so did every one of them that were touted when they came to Alabama too. So, you know, you know. (laughs) You have to have some coaching. All right. Here we go. Marquee game of the week. Game day, Lincoln, Nebraska. The Huskers host the Buckeyes as they come a call into Lincoln. The undefeated Justin Fields lighting people up left and right. Your boy Scott Frost trying to have a statement statement win for the Nebraska program. Big Ten, Big Ten showdown. Adrian Martinez, quarterback Nebraska, a lot of hype. Can 90,000 in Lincoln, can they be the difference to keep this game close? Nebraska, Ohio State. Uh, No, I don't think they can. Um, And now, granted, you know, Ohio State has not really played anybody yet. I know Justin Fields is, you know, everybody's laughing at Georgia. Look who you let go, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, who have they played? Who have they beaten? I, I, I don't, I can't, I can't name one of them. Um, but at the same time, I don't think Nebraska is quite ready for, for this yet. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a couple more years before, uh, Scott Frost is, you know, has any kind of national championship talk, uh, like he did at UCF, UCF. So, um, prime time, prime time, Fowler, Herb Street. No, I don't, I don't think that if you brought Dick Vitale into the mix, it would matter. Um, it it doesn't matter. Maria Taylor on the sidelines. (laughs) <laughs> I don't. I don't see it. What, what's what is the line right now? Is anybody 17, 17 and a half. I'll take the seventeen and a half. 
I would do that. Yeah, that, that that's gonna be yep. So <laughs> I'll take I'll take the I'll take a Who is cover and I'll I'll buy it up to four uh, to twenty one. <laughs> no, you need to buy that. You know, that gets very expensive. You only want to buy it to eighteen, half a point <laughs> buy up, <laughs> a little extra juice. <laughs> yeah, it, it, who who do you, let's have a quick prediction. Who's gonna be the guest picker Nebraska style at game day? Is it a Tommy Frazier kind of guy? Is it an old school guy? Is it Tom Osborne? Somebody like that? They use yeah. Mm. Who is maybe uh uh what's his face? Steve uh no not Steve Edmund. Um big lineman from there. May I don't know, Tommy Frazier, that'd be that'd be definitely get the game the game day crowd hype for the sure. The venerable Trev Alberts. Trev Alberts, <laughs> that's who I'm thinking of. Trev Alberts, yes. But he'll be uh, he'll be he, on location. He had a bad he had a bad he had a bad separation from ESPN because remember he remember he was the game day guy before Herb Street I think. Yeah, and he'll be he'll be on. He was uh, actually he'll be pretty assignment. good. He'll be on assignment with Fox somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah you won't see you won't see Trev. Yeah, Trev Trev that won't that won't Trev won't be uh, in the mix. So all right, so I, I got I think Ohio State will win, but I think the game will be competitive. I think Martinez and Frost. I think the game will be somehow will be competitive mid third quarter. So uh, I definitely would take the 17 and a half as well. I think that's a home team night game, big underdog. I would take the 17 and a half. Uh, All right. Hey, before we move on, last note, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, don't forget the uh, Joe Flacco bowl going on uh, up in Pennsylvania with Delaware at Pitt. Don't forget that going on as well. Delaware and who? At Pitt. Oh, yeah, that is the Joe Flacco. Joe, no, it's it's not Joe Flacco, Mike. It's Joey Buttafluco. Joey Buttafluco Bowl. In, for, all, for all of you, all you TMZ lovers, back in the day, the, the Amy Fisher scenario, Joey Buttafluco. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> I don't think it would come up Buttafluco, though. <laughs> very close. It's very, very close. close to Buttafluco. Google Amy but Fisher. Apropos. Much easier. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All right. Other big. The only other big game that I think has any intrigue really is uh, USC goes to Washington. Washington come off a very impressive win at BYU. USC with a big upset last week over Utah. Their third-string quarterback comes in on the second or third play of the game and throws for 350 and three touchdowns as they upset Utah in the Coliseum. So Reggie Bush's return to the Coliseum with the Urbanator, the next head coach at USC with the, on the pregame show with Leinert and Reggie Bush. <laughs> so big, big test going up to Seattle. Jacob Eason playing very well, the Georgia transfer again. I think it's going to be a tall task to ask USC to go on the road and win that game. I like Washington in this game. Mike, your thoughts? Uh, I, I was surprised USC won that game at Utah last week, and that is a that is a tough thing to do to go on the road like that, back to back. But well, no, that game last they, they won the oh, game last no, it was, it was in Coliseum. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. Um, but I was still surprised that they beat Utah. Um, and going going yeah. to Washington, Washington's a tough place to play up there. Um, you know, they 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 play 
they play in the same area that that the uh, Seahawks do, and the, and the, the people up there love their uh, they love football up there, and they get really loud in those stadiums, and and you know, Husky Stadium is actually kind of designed a lot like uh, Quest Field is in a way, so um, so it, to so maximize the noise, yeah, I mean yeah. that's a. I mean, it's a it's a, it's a raucous environment for sure up there. And uh, Peterson's a great coach. I'm really I, I'm and I know he's probably a West Coast guy through and through, but I'm really surprised. It wouldn't shock me if one of these days he gets one of these big, big, big Power Five jobs, maybe in the South or at Te- you know, whether it's Texas or something like that, because he's a great coach in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. He's come come a long way from from uh, Boise State and now into Washington, and he's and he succeeded wherever he's been. Last last college football note. Have you, by the way, have you watched any of these college football documentaries they're doing about the 150-year celebration? They've had some pretty good ones on ESPN, just about the history of college football and just some of these uh, – about these programs and just all that. It, it, I've actually watched a couple of them. They're pretty cool. They're, they, they've done, done a good job. I have some of them recorded. I've got some of the NFL stuff recorded too. I just haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Yeah, definitely catch a peek. A lot of a lot of stuff about history of Alabama football and just a lot of different a lot of different angles that they're hitting on college football in over 150 years. It's pretty good. So you'll you'll like it. A lot of a lot of Ivan Mazel, some uh, you know Mark Schleybaugh, a lot of those kind of guys, and with some with some analysis and that kind of stuff. So you, you'll enjoy it definitely. Viewers out there, pod, my listeners, definitely uh, check it out, ESPN. If you want to reach out to the podcast, reach out to us on Twitter, at KickTheFB, like football, but FB, at KickTheFB. You can send us an email. Subscribe. Tell your friends about about the podcast. We uh, I think we try to offer you a lot of pertinent information. We do some point spread stuff, some injury stuff those kind of things so i think we're pretty good about giving you current current information so you can uh have a good viewing with your college football and your nfl football so all right let's transition to your national football league week three in the books week four about to get going thursday night lambeau field green bay philadelphia pretty good matchup but let's first hit on the three and oh teams really not and undefeated teams because I know your Lions are not three and zero, but they're undefeated. <laughs> so, don't leave them out. Don't leave them out. No, we're not. No, we're, we're going to give them. Pl- we're we're going to give them plenty of credit. There's seven th- uh, undefeated teams. You got San Francisco, Buffalo, New England, Dallas, Kansas City, Green Bay, and Detroit. Obviously, I think the two kind of the three surprise teams are probably San Francisco, Buffalo, Detroit. Um, those are probably the three big biggest surprises. Your Lions with a huge win last week on the road in Philadelphia. You know, they should be 3-0. and They blew week one against Arizona. You know, you got San Francisco escaped last week against Pittsburgh. By the way, I told everybody, take the Steelers in the seven. Um, I, I, Pitt, Pittsburgh really should have won the game outright, to be honest with you. And then you got obviously you got Buffalo, 3-0. and Not a lot of people thought they would be 3-0. and Who would – and you can talk about your line, but who's who the biggest surprise in your in your mind? Um, I don't think it's a, a surprise that Dallas is three and zero, but I think it's the way that they've looked is a surprise to a lot of people. I mean, Dak Prescott looks like a quarterback that I don't think anybody really thought he was. 
I mean, to be honest with you, I, I think everybody thought he was good. I don't know if everybody thought he was going to be this good. Um, they played without Gallup last week. I think it, it showed a little bit uh, in the offense. They were a little sluggish in the first half against Miami, uh, but they still, you know, they still dominated the game as they should have. But uh, they've looked really well, are really good. I, I, I'm really interested to see what they do in New Orleans this week. Um, and, yeah, the Lions, it's really a shame they blew that game in Arizona because they really should be 3-0. and And it would be you know quite a story if they were 3-0. and But they have something to prove this week with Kansas City coming to town. And, I mean, if, if they could pull that one off, <laughs> be a, be an upset for the ages for sure. I, I like how I mean again you you know more than I more than I do about Detroit but I like how they're playing pretty good complimentary football Stafford's not throwing it fifty times a game right they're trying they're trying to run the ball the defense is good not great but the defense is you know they're holding teams to field goals and keeping them out of the end zone kind of thing um, you know you're right this week will be the ultimate test um, you know you can't expect them to win the game this week but. I, I think they'll be in the game. I mean, I think they're, they've got a, just enough of a running game with Carryon Johnson. Patricia sounds like he's won over the locker room. I know the last year yeah. there were lots of questions about Patricia and the, and the the way he was practicing them. And I got I got to admit, I've been impressed with Detroit. Yeah, and and I think you know, like you said, Stafford's not throwing the ball a lot this week. Uh, you know, hopefully Darius Slay can play because you really need Darius Slay when you're facing Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> And Kansas City, but uh, I, I agree with you. the The running game needs to be. I mean, this week for sure, it needs to be just as consistent. If you get in a shootout with Kansas City, you're going to lose. So you need you need to control the ball as much as possible and keep him off the field. And I, I have been impressed with what Patricia has done this this year. Um, I think they weeded out a lot of guys that they that weren't buying in, and um, you know, and, and it's showing so far. Um, I've also been impressed with San Francisco. I think that um, Garoppolo, you know, <clears throat> they kind of stole a win from your Bucks in Week One. Um, no doubt, no and, doubt. And 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 then stole another one here. But hey, you know, three and zero is three and zero. So no, I mean, yeah. I mean, and that, that that's the thing. You got the, the 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 difference in the NFL between good teams and really good teams are you need to win the games you're supposed to win. Right. And then you got and then you got to steal once you get you got to steal one every once in a while that you're not supposed to win. Like San Francisco had five turnovers Sunday against Pittsburgh. Most most I mean, the percentages say if you turn the ball over five times, your percent, your probability of winning the game is probably less than 10 percent, to be honest. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so they're not great on offense. They got a good def. They got a pretty good defense. I mean, they're they run the ball really well in San Francisco, but not great on offense yet. You know, Kittle's been kind of bottled up so far. They got, but they got good running backs. They got a good play caller in Shanahan and a pretty good defense. So, um, be interesting to see how the Niners hold up in that division with Seattle and the Rams. Um, so, you know, again, that's another thing we didn't talk about is undefeated. The Rams are three and zero. Impressive win at Cleveland. They won at Carolina, which is not an easy place. So, they're they're a team to be reckoned with. So, it'll be very interesting. The NFC. You got Green Bay three and zero with the new coach. Um, their defense is vastly improved. Yes. They've not uh, they've not they've not they've not been clicking on offense. They've done just enough, but their defense has been the story in Green Bay. Well, and and then you know we've talked about these undefeated teams. We're going to get a lot of tests this week. I mean, Green Bay's got Philly. 
Buffalo has New England. Uh, Detroit has Kansas City. Dallas has New Orleans. So you're going to see some of these teams if they're pretenders or contenders after this week because they have the, the tough tests are coming up this week. So um, be be a good litmus test for, for, for a bunch of these undefeated squads. All right, one quick note on the 0-3 teams. We're not going to talk about most of them because most of them are the teams we thought were going to be bad. The biggest 0-3 surprise are the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. You know, obviously Roethlisberger out for the season. No Bell, no Antonio Brown. You know, um, you got Mason Rudolph at the helm. Again, that Sunday was a game they could have won in San Francisco. Rudolph didn't play great, but he didn't. He wasn't terrible. Um, Tomlin, is he, on, is he on the hot seat? It's, it's hard to tell because that ownership is very patient with their coaches. Yep. Um, I think unless it craters and they go four and twelve, I think he'll be okay. But um, you know, I think Rudolph can play. I think Rudolph's going to be good. At, but you're really seeing what not having an elite number one receiver is doing. Juju's not been nearly as good as a number one option. Their number two, their number two option in Moncrief has been a disaster. He's been inactive. You, I don't think he'll. It wouldn't shock me if they cut him at some point because he he's just been a disaster. Yeah. James Washington, not yeah. not okay at number two, but not a lot of game breakers on offense. James Connors not played very well so far. So, well, definitely I, think, a, I think that Juju has played okay, uh, well enough. I think the problem is, is that he has nobody on the other side to take anything away, you know, take any attention away from him. And so he's seeing a lot more double teams this year than he did with AB in the past. But, I mean, they have nobody over there. Deontay Johnson, James Washington, those guys, that's really the biggest problem is they don't have that number two guy and that complimentary guy like they've right. had in the past. You know, whether it was when when uh, Santonio Holmes was there, you had Emmanuel Sanders, you had, you know, you have Juju with Antonio Mike Wallace. Brown, Mike Wallace, you know, you always had that complimentary guy, and that's what they don't have this yep. year. I think that's been their biggest glaring uh, weak spot um, and it, and it's hurting the quarterback play. And the defense, yeah, the defense has been the defense has not been nearly as stout either. They've you know blown coverages and those kind of things. I mean, you expect the Pittsburgh defense to to not be getting gashed on the run in the, in the running game. Right. San Francisco gashed them last week in the running game, and I think that's the part that's probably most disappointing. And Pittsburgh has just been the the play of the defense because they. You know, they, they did trade for Minka Fitzpatrick, and he made an immediate impact and interception and a fumble recovery. So I think he's going to be good for them, but the defense has got to keep him in these games when, when the offense is kind of has been laboring these first few weeks. Yeah. All right, let's talk quick, real quick about young quarterbacks. There's been several new young quarterbacks come on the scene the last couple of weeks. You got uh, the Daniel Jones era has begun, sieved my bucks in the second half. What a disaster in Tampa Bay last Sunday. You have <laughs> you got Kyle Allen in Carolina played very well in Arizona through four touchdown passes for the Cam Newton, who's going to be out for multiple weeks now, if not the season. You got Minshew down in Jacksonville. So three guys that have really they played well. You got to give them all the credit in the world, especially a guy like Minshew who was a sixth round pick, rookie. He looks like he's very comfortable in that offense. If that defense can continue to play well, that that, that could be a guy. That could be a situation to work, be worth watching. The closer Nick Foles gets to coming back, what do you do if he's playing great? Same with Kyle Allen. If he continues to play well, 
there's no doubt the Giants are going to go with Jones. There's no going back to Eli now unless he gets injured. So, uh, but Daniel Jones, I got to give him all the credit. He was very impressive, very, you know, he looked the part. He could do it. And a lot of grief was given to, to, to Gettleman and the Giants when they drafted him that high. But through one week, he's been, he was tremendous. Yeah, what's uh, go, going back to Minshew, that, what is crazy about that story is that guy was this close to being a third string quarterback for Alabama last year and really just giving up on his career and going into coaching. He was coming to Alabama to learn how to, to the coaching profession under Saban and, and in that system. And it was just going to be the third quarterback and an afterthought. And Mike Leach gets him to go to Washington State, says, hey, you want to be a starter up here? And now this guy's a starting quarterback in the NFL and playing pretty well. So that's a, that is crazy. I mean, to think how close he was to just kind of going down the, the path of being a coach to now, you know, a, a starting quarterback in the NFL. But I agree with you on Kyle Allen. I don't know if that's so much Kyle Allen or the Cardinals secondary, which is an, an absolute dumpster fire right now, especially without Pat Pete. Um, and Jones did look good. He, uh, he, uh, I mean, he's got, he's got all the tools. So, um, no, there's definitely no going back to Eli now. No, for sure. I mean, and, uh, you know, even Mason Rudolph, again, Rudolph's going to be playing the rest of the year in Pittsburgh. You're going to have, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point Cincinnati makes a move at quarterback to play one of their young guys. They drafted a guy in the fourth round. It wouldn't surprise me if come week 10, 11, that Andy Dalton gets benched. So Lamar Jackson playing very well in Baltimore. So a lot of young quarterbacks that are starting to make an impact in the NFL. You got Sam Darnold coming back uh, from Mono here in another week or so. So, and again, just a, just a, a good batch of young guys coming up, coming up. And uh, so we'll see, we'll see how that, how it all unfolds and, Before we get to some game picks, let's get to Freddie Kitchens, Cleveland, Sunday night, fourth and nine on the Ram 40 with about seven, six, seven minutes left in the game. The first time in 13 years that ESPN has been tracking play calling that a coach has ever called a running play on fourth and nine, and this <laughs> clown calls a sprint draw on fourth and nine. Are you kidding me? Not a good look for – for the uh, 90s Alabama squad there. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I, it, it was, you know, uh, all I can think, you know, I, I can't, I can't defend that one at all. I can tell you as far as what the Browns, um, as far as the Browns go in there and on offense, I mean, it, they, they're having to get against the Rams. You got to get the ball out so quick because those corners are so good. And the, Defensive line gets so much pressure. I mean, they the Browns look very overmatched, but uh, not just on the field, but in the coaching, on the coaching side too. I, oh, he 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 looks so out of his element. I mean, yeah. and, and even after the fourth and nine, they're still in the game. They're on the four yard line in the last minute of the game, first and goal. They don't even run the ball one time to Nick Chubb, and they've got timeouts. I mean, you go five wide on the five yard line. And throw it four straight times? Are you kidding me? And and I, I, yeah, I, I got nothing for you on that one. And, and none of those, and none of, and none of the four throws go to Beckham or Landry. 
yeah, that that was the biggest confusing part was, or the most confusing part was, where's Beckham in that? I mean, you go and trade for this guy. He's a he's an all world receiver. Get him the ball somehow. Figure something out to get him the ball because I don't care if they know it's coming or not. You know, most teams knew Antonio Brown was getting the ball. Pittsburgh still found a way to get it to him. So I don't know. Yeah, and he just and you know post game post game he looked like he looked so out of his element at the press conference after the game. Kitchens did. It was almost embarrassing. He just looked like a. And I hate to use this word, but he looked like a country bumpkin coaching high school somewhere in the in the country somewhere when he was answering those questions after the at, at the press conference. You know, he just I mean, sh- I mean, at least look the part, Freddie. Shave. Don't be looking like you've got an eight day stubble. You know, you're wearing a sweat. You're wearing a you know you're wearing a hoodie like you're like you're uh, you know out okay. hunting in the woods. I mean, come on, man. At least look the part. I know. I know. You know. We're not asking to be a suit and tie, but come on, man. <laughs> I'm just being serious. I, I agree with you. I, 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 hey, I mean, I, you're not hurting my feelings. I, I'm not a Browns fan. I mean, no. I mean, and 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 you know, I mean, Baker Mayfield was very very close to. You know, you could tell when they were asking Mayfield the questions about the play calling that he was. He wanted to. He wanted to say, "Hell yeah, those calls sucked ass," but he wasn't going to do that publicly. But the, but the, by the way, he answered the question. You know, that's what he was thinking. Yeah, I would. And and I mean, you know, apparently they wanted him there. I mean, the offense really loved him last year. They thought that, you know, he, he really picked the team up when he took over his OC, but. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, well, don't know head coaching is, is head coaching is way more about uh, having a good relationship with the quarterback. I mean, you've got to have some game sense, some game strategy sense. Those kind of things are things you got to you got to have as a head coach. And he just looked overwhelmed, and he looked like he looked like the deer in the headlights at that press conference. And it was just a bad look for Cleveland, man. And and. They got a brutal schedule coming up that they very easily could be two and five or one and six after these next four or five games. I mean, they've got a rough road the next month, and they better figure out a way to win some games because it could get ugly in a hurry in Cleveland. Yeah, because the hype was all there. We talked about it in in the off season, and, and they have yet to deliver on it. Uh, they, you know, they look. They look completely out of their element on the, in week one, bounce back in week two, and then last week, you know they 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 were close with the Rams. I'll give them that. They they fought hard, but but uh, coaching wise, they are they are they are way down the rung on the ladder for sure. Next six games for Cleveland at Baltimore, at San Francisco, home to Seattle, at New England, at Denver. Home to Buffalo. Yeah, that it could it could be uh could be lights out for Freddie um, after that stretch for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's I mean, woo. yeah. But uh, all right, let's get to the last coaching moment of the of the week. My boy Bruce Arians in Tampa. They're, they they give up the eighteen point lead. They're down thirty two. Give up a fourth and goal touchdown run to Jones in the last minute. Down 32-31, uh, 
Jameis, Jamuki, whatever you want to call him, plays great throughout the whole game, throws a 50-yard bomb to Evans down to the nine-yard line. Again, 30, 25, 30 seconds left in the game. you got a timeout still. The Bucks ground the ball first down. After they ground the ball, they can't get up, they can't get their personnel in the game to figure out what they're going to do, and they end up taking a delay a game, move the ball back from the nine to the fourteen, kneel down again when they kneel down to get to the middle of the field, move back to the seven sixteen, and your my boy Matt Gay comes in flare Rick flares off of a field goal thirty four yards, and after the game Arian says. We wanted to take the five-yard delay game because five yards back is better for our kicker. He likes it further back. <laughs> <laughs> As a former kicker, I've never, I've never once, ever, ever, ever thought, "Hey, let's move it back five yards, and it's going to be an easier kick." Well, unless you were kicking from inside the end zone, <laughs> on the, on the, yes far side of the end zone, then you might want it moved back a little bit to give you a better angle <laughs> towards the towards the goal po- post. But in the NFL, I mean college, I can see if you're, you're you're real close in college on that right hash or that left hash, it can you might need to get a little further back. Those angles can be tricky in college. The hashes are too far too close in in the NFL that that would no the hash marks sense. are on the uprights in the NFL. Right. The, it, those are the hash marks. That's that's as wide as it goes from the from the from the uh, from the right hash mark is right. on the upright. So it makes no sense in the NFL. Like I said, college. If you're if you the balls yes. on the one, high you're school on the, college for sure. Yeah, you're on the far left hash, and the ball's on the one, and you're kicking from what the, you know, eight, eight yard line or something. Eight. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That you might need to move it back. Okay, move me five yards back so I can get a little bit better angle at this kick. Because hey, I'm I'm basically looking at the side of the of the upright here. But in the NFL, and not only that, you're at the 16 or at what were they at the nine when that happened or the they start yeah nine. So what, he's kicking from the from the 16 yard line as it is. Why and would the you? That part is. I don't know. And the bad part is, is, is he misses the field goal by six a foot, and had the ball been kicked from the nine yard line, it would have been, been good. Yeah, it would have it would have squeaked inside the upright from the nine as opposed to from the sixteen. That's seven yards. That's why the kick flares off to the right. No good. And granted, it wasn't a great kick, but still, the kick would have been good from the nine instead of the sixteen if if they don't move if they don't take the delay game. And I just I just didn't understand. The thought process there, um, you know, and he had already missed an extra point in the game. In the beginning of the game, he duck hooked one, TJ Hooker style, an extra point, and yeah. he'd had another extra point blocked. So, you know, I just didn't, I just didn't get that. Again, the the, the moving it back five yards to make it an easier, he's more comfortable with that. That 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 that's not that is not a factual statement. You know, that's again, no kicker is going to say, yeah, let's move it back five more yards. I'd rather kick a 34-yarder than a 29-yarder. So, I mean, I'm just being honest with you. I mean, I just, I mean, I guarantee you the percentages from 29 yards are probably 90 plus, 95 plus close, whereas the percentages you get to 34 yards are probably in the 80s. So it's probably a seven or eight percent difference. And granted, you're in the NFL, you should make that kick 95 out of 100 times. But 
with the, with already missing two kicks in the game. I just didn't like that the way he they, they handled that. You know, take a shot in the end zone one time. Throw a jump ball to Mike Evans. He's been destroying the Jackrabbit. I mean, yeah, Jameis has played well. Throw a ball in the end zone. You know, yeah, that because my bucks, uh, my bucks have now lost. Yeah, my bucks have lost two games that they've had no business losing, and it's just they got a brutal stretch coming up as well. So I just have a bad feeling it's going to be a a rough next month for the Buccaneers. Well, as long as uh, Jameis can throw a lot of garbage points, I really don't care. So, <laughs> well, well, I do. <laughs> Just get me some some uh, garbage points. That's all I need. Yes, I just bought a. My birthday was about a week or so back, and I just yesterday I just got me a new red buck shirt and a new white bucks hat. And I'll, I'll definitely uh, I'll definitely take a picture. That might be the new picture for the reviews this week. It will be my new bucks my bucks paraphernalia, uh, the birthday special as we head into 2019. So um, glad you treated yourself. But again, those are games you got to win. Daniel Jones played well, whatever, whatever. No Saquon Barkley, basically for three quarters of the game. It's a game you have to win at home. You're up 28, 10 at the half. You have to win that game. And it's just those are the kind of games like we talked about that separate mediocre teams from good teams, from good teams to great teams, are winning the games you're supposed to win. Yep. So, all right, let's pick a few. Let's pick a couple of uh, NFL games here. We won't pick them all. We'll pick a few here uh, on the schedule. Give me one second. Let's go to the slate. Let's start off Thursday night in Lambeau. It's good matchup. Philadelphia going to Green Bay. Uh, I think Philly gets Jeffrey back here, but I still like Green Bay. I do, too. I think it's Green Bay minus four. I'll take Green Bay at home. Short week. It's always easier for the home team on a short week. I think you're going to see Rodgers come out and play really well tomorrow on offense. Um, so I'll, I'll take Green Bay at home. Okay, we got Shake and Bake heading to Baltimore to see Lamar. Baltimore minus six and a half against Cleveland Sunday afternoon. I see Baltimore bouncing back after after a, a tough loss in Kansas City in that one. By the way, by the way, what is John Harbaugh doing going for it three times inside his own forty yard line in the first half when the and game is, is still when the game is still in reach? What is he doing going for two in the first touchdown yeah. of the game? I mean, you're already putting yourself in a hole against Kansas City. I know you're trying to score, but that was just dumb. Absolutely dumb. I'm telling you, these coaches, we talk about it all the time, and and these coaches overthink and overanalyze and lose more games with their decisions than I have seen in so long. I think it's it's an epidemic. Peterson going for it on fourth and nine inside his own 20 with three timeouts and the two-minute warning against Detroit. I mean, it's just one thing after the other. It, I, don't, I don't understand what is going on with these decisions. But anyways, let's continue. Well, I, I'll admit Baltimore plus 14 and a half on the backdoor touchdown. Check on the sheet. <laughs> yeah, that was but stop screwing hot. my boy Justin Tucker. Can we at least get my boy Justin Tucker a garbage uh, last two-minute field goal in the first half like he does every week, please? <laughs> All right. Here we go. Showdown in Motown. We got a Barry Gordy special. 
Diana and the Supremes. My my boy Mahomes, the steal of the second round, comes to see your your boy the pencil and Patricia and the Lions. The steal of of the one and two pewter powers. That's definitely great. Um, uh, I know this will be a homer pick, but I like Detroit. I think that they're going to shock shocked the uh the country here in the world i i think i think they can get it done if slay is healthy i think they definitely have a good shot well i can't i can't i, I unfortunately i can't go with that sentiment i think kansas city's just got too many too much offense and i know kansas City's defense is not great but i don't i've not seen a whole lot of explosion out of the detroit offense it's going to be a high scoring affair I, i'm going to say in a shootout you know kansas city 38 38-27, something like that, 38-24. I think Kansas City will have just enough, and I think Mahomes will be I, – I heard this stat today. This will be Mahomes' first ever game in a dome, <laughs> which is hard to believe. He's played 20 – he's played like 18, 20 games or so. I think this is 20 or 21st game, never played in the dome before. So tons of offensive weapons, Shady McCoy getting in the mix, Hardiman, Robinson, those got Kelsey on the loose. I think Kansas City wins a, a high-scoring game. All right, the Timmy, the Timmy special in Buffalo. The Patriots come a calling, three and zero and three and zero in Buff Buff Bagwell. Your thoughts? Uh, Buffaloes look really good so far. Really surprising, you know. They they kind of stole one from the Jets in Week One. Played a really crappy Bengals team in week two. Uh, another kind of okay team this Beat past. the Giants. Beat, beat the, the Giants in week Giants two. Giants week yep. two. Beat the Bengals this week. I'm sorry. Cincinnati last week. So they And they played the Giants without Daniel Jones. So I think the 3-0 and is a lot of smoke and mirrors. And um, I, I like Tom Brady. We all, we all do. So uh, – I, I don't. I don't see. I think Bill goes in, and this is kind of a slow your roll Buffalo <laughs> kind of game. I agree. I think this is a, the Buffalo getting a lot of hype. The I one thing is, Buffalo hasn't done is scored very many points. They struggled against the Jets, scored seventeen. They struggled against the Bengals. They didn't. They, I mean, the Giants are horrific on defense. The secret elixir here that people aren't that New England's defense is really, really good, and. <laughs> And I'm telling you, this is going to be a statement game for Belichick. I think the Patriots are going to go in there and beat them by 14-plus. I think Brady's going to going to just carve them up. I think the defense for New England is going to be very good. Devin Singletary is very questionable for Buffalo. I'm not a big believer in Josh Allen quite yet. They're not – I mean, I mean, so this is one of those games that I think Belichick, you're going to see – you're going to see a lot of stuff out of Belichick, and and he ain't going to be afraid to try to run it up here. If he gets a chance to run it up, he's going to try to run it up here. So, Patriot think, rules in effect. Yes, they. <laughs> I think this is going to be one of those games. They definitely will be a teaser host as the Patriots as we move closer to Sunday. And I'm hoping that line gets under seven points because I like the Patriots here in a in a in a uh, statement game. All right. Minnesota goes to Chicago, 425 special, probably a Joe and Troy special. In Chicago, Bears coming off a big win in Washington Monday night. Minnesota, big win over Oakland. 
a battle of which quarterback can not kill their team the most, Trubisky or Cousins. <laughs> Both teams, good defenses. I mean, really, which team cannot throw the out route? That's going to be the question. I I like Minnesota here. I think Min- I, I know it's in Chicago. I'm not that impressed with Chicago. Defensively, super impressed. Offensively, uh, I, I, I'm not that impressed. Um, I think Minnesota has more weapons. They have a better running back. I think their quarterback is a little bit better, not much better. And I think their receivers are are a lot better. And I think Minnesota runs the ball. Dalvin Cook has looked amazing so far, uh, much to my yep. uh, much to my smiles in the MCFFL. Um, steal of the second round there, by the way. Um, <laughs> so I, I I think Minnesota runs the ball. Zimmer Zimmer had made it very clear last year when he fired the OC. He wants to run the ball and play defense. That's what he wants to do. Right. And that's what they've done. And um, unless they yep. get behind and have to throw it, he's going to run the ball. So for all you people that have Kirk Cousins as your fantasy uh, quarterback, you you don't need him unless unless they're losing because uh, he's going to run the ball. And I think that they run the ball enough. They can neutralize the Chicago pass rush, which is which is devastating at times. And I think they win the game. I'm going to go Chicago here. I think I think Chicago is going to be the lesser of the two evils. I think Mitchie. Mitchie Trubisky is going to do just enough. I don't think he's going to be great by any means, but I think I just have a funny feeling. This has got Kirk Cousins, strip sack, Mac picks it up and runs for a touchdown kind of game or an out route kind of game uh, to Eddie Jackson, one of those kind of deals. Uh, I'm going to take Chicago at home. I like the home crowd late afternoon in Chicago. Give me the Bears there at home. Two more games. Dallas goes to New Orleans Sunday night special. Al and Chris with Michelle on the sidelines. Cowboys coming in undefeated. Big, big effort out of New Orleans last week to go to Seattle and win the game. Bridgewater plays good. They get a special teams touchdown, a defensive touchdown. Bridgewater is just good enough. Kamara is finally the focus of the offense. I think New Orleans pulls a – it's not a stunner. It wouldn't be a stunning upset. I think New Orleans is going to win the game at home. Um Close game. I think Dallas will be ready for the for the challenge. Dak, Ezekiel Elliott, those deals. But I think New Orleans is going to find a way at home to win the game. I agree. I have New Orleans as well. I think that that home crowd uh, at a night game is really tough to play play through. No breeze is obviously a big factor, but Sean Payton is definitely going to have some some tricks up his sleeve for his old for his old team that he used to coach for. Uh, when he was there under Parcells, um, if this game's in Dallas, I'm, I like Dallas. But with it in the dome, I think that uh, I think Bridgewater is getting getting his feet underneath him and is starting to. I mean, obviously he was kind of thrust in there two weeks ago. He didn't have to do a lot against Seattle, uh, but I think I think you got going to have some gadget plays and New Orleans wins this wins this game close. But but I be on the lookout. Be on the lookout for Taysom Hill involved yeah. in this game. I don't think he was yeah. very involved in Seattle as far as snaps and quarter and running the you know running ball throwing the ball. Be on the lookout for Taysom Hill here in this game by design. Well, yeah, by design. He was not yep. used because a lot of people. Yep, and a lot of people think he's going to be a very good quarterback as far as a thrower of the ball that he can and that he's got some real throwing ability. So I think you'll see. I think you'll see a little bit of that at home. Much easier to run those kind of plays at home where, where crowd noise is not a factor. Um, so be on the Taysom Hill, 
a key here in this game. So, all right, Monday night real quick, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh gets off the snide. I love this game, Pittsburgh minus three and a half at home. Again, desperation game for Pittsburgh. I don't think Cincinnati is very good at all. I think you're going to see Robin, I mean Mason Rudolph play well. I think at home, I think Pittsburgh, this, this might be the pewter pick of the week, Monday night minus three and a half at home. I agree. I think that this could be a double-digit win for Pittsburgh. Um, I think Mason Rudolph gets gets on track, and I believe that the receivers get on track. Connor gets on track. Unfortunately for me, I'm facing Connor, uh, but hopefully Juju can get some. And uh, I, I agree with you, Pittsburgh, all the way here. All right, real quick, let's do let's do a little Major League Baseball playoff. We've got the wild card that's coming down to the wire, coming probably down to Sunday in the American League. For sure, you got Tampa, Cleveland, Oakland. Um, pretty much, most people think Oakland's up. I think one game on the wild card. Uh, I think they're up they're, one game on the Rays in Cleveland. They're tied right now. The current standings, they're tied right now, up one game on Cleveland. Tampa Bay and Oakland are tied, but Oakland is playing. I think they're losing right now. So yeah, one game. Even better. So we could have a we could have a Monday a month a, a Tuesday a Wednesday night special in, at the Trot, baby. A wild card showdown. It would not shock me if there's a somehow a three way tie for this, which would which would trigger a, a multiple day a play in game kind of scenario. So that'd be pretty cool to see. You could have a, a two way tie for the second spot, which which would be a Monday one game playoff to see who gets into the wild card game. So be very. I think Tampa's going to find a way to get in. I think they've been playing unbelievable the last week. The pitching, enough hitting. I think Tampa's going to find a way. And I don't know why I think it, but I think it's going to be Tampa and Cleveland in the one game in, in, the, in the wild card. Well, you remember a few months ago we were talking, or a couple months ago we were talking about Tampa, and I said Austin Meadows needed to get going again and pick up where he was in the early half, and he has done that. And I think that that's kind of been the catalyst that has led Tampa to this revitalization on offense, um, he, uh, hitting up in the top of the order. And he's kind of, you know, he, he steals bases, he hits home runs, he, he scores runs, he drives, he's got all the tools, he plays a good outfield. Um, I agree with you. I think Tampa's there. I, I, Cleveland worries me right now. They they had an easy game to win tonight against Chicago. Had Bieber on the mound and get blown out in that game. Um, so that kind of that would worry me. Minnesota, I believe, clinches. They clinch the Central tonight. So it is, it's all, you know, Cleveland has got to, got to get the wild card. I would love to see a three-way tie though. I read the scenario today and it's basically Oakland would get to pick whether they are team A, B, and C and team A would play team B and the winner would then play, uh, go on and play for uh, the winner of uh, B and C. I mean, it, it's something crazy, but I would love to see the chaos that would ensue with the three-way tie for the wild card. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Quickly, and, and again, we'll talk about base, base, the, the playoff matchups next week on the next episode once we know what they are, the wild card scenarios and all that stuff as far as Yankees, Astros, you know, uh, the Twins. You know, it looks like the, it looks like the Astros will be the, have the best record, which means they'll play the wild card winner. So, and it looks like uh, Yankees in Minnesota are pretty, are pretty much locked in the, in, into that series. So right. National League-wise – the Cubs with an epic meltdown the last five, six days with Kimbrell just blowing up against the Cardinals at Wrigley. I think he blew at least two games in a row, maybe three. Two. Not, yeah, two ninth-inning leads were just, I mean, just a full meltdown. 
probably going to lead, most likely going to lead to Joe Madden being being relieved of his duties. I mean, he'll have a job in 10 minutes after if he wants one after he gets fired in Chicago. But uh, looks like it's going to be Washington and Milwaukee in the playoff. St. Louis is going to win the division most likely. Um, interesting scenario Sunday. You got Cleveland playing Washington Sunday in an interleague game to end the season where both teams might need the game for home field advantage and to get in the playoffs. So that could be a very interesting pitching matchup on Sunday of what both those teams do. But, uh, you know, obviously you got Washington with, with Scherzer and Strasburg and Cleveland, again, will probably be something like Bieber or Clevenger probably pitches Sunday, depending on if they need the game or not. So very interesting scenarios uh, there in the, in, in the National League. Don't count out don't count out the Brewers. They they won tonight to clinch the wild card. The Cardinals lost. The Brewers are only a game and a half out in the central. So the Brewers could could sneak up and steal the central. I mean, they got there's four days left. I don't know if either one of them play tomorrow, but only a game and a half, and the Cardinals have the Cubs. So that could be an interesting scenario where the Brewers come up and without Yelich actually steal the central from the from the Cardinals, and then they would play the Braves rather than the Cardinals. So, um, yeah, it's incredible what they've done without Yellis the last two weeks. I mean, I think they've I think they've gone like ten and two, ten and two, or something like that without Yellich. Seventeen I mean, of nineteen, they've won the last seventeen of their last nineteen. And that Crazy. guy, and that guy, Craig Council, he is a hell of a manager. I mean, that yeah. guy, I mean, that guy is a tremendous manager. He was a, he was a very Gutty player as a player, smart player. He's a tremendous manager. He's 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 wiggled around that the, the lack of pitching. Um, the lot, you know, they've got a very good hitting lineup now. Even without Yelich, they can still hit the ball. But Craig Council could be a difference maker in these playoff games. Yeah, definitely. And and uh, I'm hoping. I, I'm excited uh, as a Braves fan. I'm I am uh, locked into the to this year's postseason. So. Uh, season or postseason tickets wise i've got the entire postseason so i'm uh i'm hoping for a long playoff life for the braves so i can go to more games <laughs> oh you've got tickets for the playoff games I, I am locked in with two seats already for uh for 2019 postseason the uh 2020 i've got 27 games in 2020 regular season and then the uh, All Star game. You're gonna so. so you're gonna drive over for all the you're gonna drive over no, for all the home games. No, I, I would I would probably go to one game per series, and if they were to make to make it to the World Series, they would more than likely be the the road team, and I would be able to get two games in the World Series because they I've already looked at the schedule. They uh, play that Saturday and Sunday, the 26th and 27th. So if which is games four and five or three and four or something like that. So. Um, obviously that's that was one of the back in the day that was one of the funnest things i did man living in birmingham i went over i went to game two of the world series in 95 when they played cleveland your boy tom glavin threw a one 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 nothing game justice hit a home run it was a awesome man it was just it was game two that was game six huh that was game six where justice hit the home run Okay, well, I went to game two and they won. A, it was like a two to, it might have been a two to nothing game, but Glavin threw a gem and it was just, it was a great atmosphere. You know, Sunday, it was like a, it was either a Saturday night or Sunday night. It was, it was great, man. It was, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Know. So, yeah, you should be. So that's good. All right, Mike. Well, I appreciate the time. We'll see you next week. And, uh,
another good episode. We appreciate you appreciate your input. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Powers on Sports podcast.